A man meets an untimely end at the worst and possibly most fun place you'll ever work. And then we travel to Oswego County in New York State to find the remains of a town once known as Happy Valley. Locals say the area is haunted, cursed. Everyone thought it was rumors until the skeletons appeared. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a ton of stuff to cover. So let's go ahead and give a shout out to one of our legacy Patreon supporters, Bryce Dawson. Bryce Dawson, give him a round of applause as he's walking into the room. And what is he holding? Yep. That's right, he's holding a turkey, a dead turkey, a cooked turkey. He's not just carrying around a corpse. He's carrying a cooked turkey because we did this last year. It was super successful. We're in the planning stages right now. So give me your feedback if you guys want this. But I'm looking at doing another Thanksgiving live stream. We did it last year. I took the whole episode. I uploaded it onto the podcast providers as well so you can listen to it there after the fact we do patreon live streams once a month for the patreons and i'm going to do one with them and then on top of that i'd love to do a live episode for everybody on thanksgiving and we can chat and and eat and you can watch me you can watch me eat with my mouth full talking as as bryce is feeding me food so bryce let's go ahead and put you at the helm of the dead rabbit dreadnought our massive battleship we're not going to war but we just haven't used it in a while, and it starts to get rusty. you got to scrape the barnacles off. Bryce, you are navigating this massive warship out to the United Kingdom. Specifically, we're going to Red Ruth. That's in Cornwall in the UK. It's November 2017. And the Dreadnought docks, and we're walking around, and we see a big building. I don't know, it could be medium-sized. They didn't say in the article how big it was. There's no dimensions involved. H&A Recycling. At H&A Recycling, there is a young man named Dave McClellan. He's 23 years old. And he's currently training Kyle Harvey on how to fix a jammed garbage compactor. Garbage compactor's jammed. And Dave's like, okay, Kyle, it's time that I show you how to fix this thing. It actually jams all the time. It's kind of a piece of junk. Allegedly, he says. Because that wasn't in the article either. But anyways. So Dave goes up to the top. So it's like a two-story garbage compactor. So he's on like this walkway and Kyle's down below. And Dave opens up the compactor. And Kyle kind of is walking down. He can't really see what's going on up there. But he's like, hmm. Well, okay. (laughs) Enough time has passed. I guess I'm going to start hitting this button. And he hits the button and he hears. And he goes, oh, that's cool. He must have unjammed it. But because I (laughs) I heard that monstrous noise. But now it's jammed again. It's stopped. He's like, oh, great. Hey, Dave. Dave. It's jammed again. You didn't. Whatever you did didn't work. And Dave doesn't answer. And he's like, what? That's weird. Dave probably just went to a break. He probably just took a break in the middle of fixing this thing. Oh, well. So Kyle goes to the other coworkers. He's like, hey, uh, the big green compactor's jammed. Everyone's like, what? Again? Uh, so they all start working around and they're like we don't know how to fix it you gotta call dave and he's like yeah dave was working on it but dave's not up there anymore and the co-workers are looking at each other they're like oh yeah it's break time right you just leave in the middle of doing the job totally makes sense let's call dave's cell phone and ask him one to bring us back some crisps and two to let him know this compactor is broken 
again. There's probably it's in Britain, so there's more numbers. They're sitting there on the phone. All of them, all the employees, they're all like girls gossiping on a sleepover. They all have their ear to the phone. They're like looking at each other. They're like, isn't that Dave's ringtone? The workers are working around. They can hear Dave's cell phone. You guys know where this story's going, but they didn't. They had no idea. Apparently, they are looking around and they're like, Where is Dave hiding around here? They're like looking in drums. They're like, Dave. They're poking hay bales with pitchforks. Is he in here? They realize after after quite a few hay bales have been poked, that the ringtone is coming from within inside the compactor. And they're like, okay, we probably need to get somebody else out of here. Because the only guy who knows really how to work the compactor is currently inside the compactor. They call rescue services. The thing gets opened up. Unfortunately, Dave has been killed. What had happened was he crawled into the compactor to clear out the jam. Like he had just kind of stepped inside of it and was trying to clear out the jam. When Kyle hit the button again, the machine grabbed onto him and pulled him into the compactor and crushed him, completely killing him, but his phone was still able to get a call. Not like that's an advertisement for the phone or anything. It's not like, buy Mint Mobile. It can survive a garbage compacting. The reason why this is in the news now is there was just a big trial. It was H&A Recycling who was actually being held on trial for corporate manslaughter. Now... I read probably like every week, I probably read three or four really bizarre death stories. And a lot of times they're just horrific or just sad. This one is sad. Don't get me wrong. This <laughs> like, oh, this one cheered me up. This one's sad. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of times it's just horrible stuff that happens to people, random stuff. I could do a whole podcast where it's just weird deaths. I read the articles anyways. I read the articles anyways because I'm a glutton for punishment and then I'm afraid a final destination is waiting for me around every corner. I'm reading this article and I'm like, oh, that's horrible. Like getting crushed by a garbage compactor must be one of the worst ways to go. And there's a lot of them. But then I kept reading and then I began, I began laughing out loud at this article, not at Dave's predicament. He's a young father. He left behind a wife and a kid. That's awful. And poor Kyle, who has to deal with this and everything like that. That's what I'm not making fun of. So you have the court. The court was looking at all this evidence. There's CCTV video, I didn't watch it, of him falling into the machine or getting sucked into the machine. And apparently there's just video, you can already tell my my voice is starting to crack. There's video, because the CCTV, one, it's Britain, so everything's recorded. Except the construction of the cameras. That's kind of weird. No one knows where those come from. There's a little conspiracy for you. You have all this video footage, and the court watched this video footage, and we have Justice Garnum. Here's what he had to say during this hearing. Quote, This was just a part of the appalling culture at H&A. There was evidence of employees not wearing their PPE, that's personal protective equipment. There was evidence of employees not wearing their PPE, play fighting, (laughs) play fighting amongst the rubbish at the site, being carried on vehicles on the site. So they're like standing up on forklifts. They're like, look at me, Ma, top of the world. They're going through like really low beams. They're having to duck everything. Justice Garnum continues, employees were seen jumping down chutes onto rubbish, 
Two employees were seen fighting on a pile of rubbish. I wonder if that's the same two employees. It's just like they're doing the Battle of Mustafar. Employees were seen jumping down chutes onto rubbish. That doesn't need... That's just awesome wherever you go. Uh, two employees were seen fighting on a pile of rubbish. <laughs> One employee... <laughs> on, you can just imagine the judge looking at this video footage, trying to figure out what to do about this guy who died in an industrial accident. You're watching video footage of two people with soggy... Paper towel rolls hitting each other with swords. You see people going, wee! You don't hear the noise because it's CCTV. But the judge can imagine they're going, wee! Seeing people slide down chutes into piles of garbage and then jump up. And they're like covered in broken glass. And the guy's like, me now, I want to do it. One employee was seen hiding under rubbish on a conveyor belt. <laughs> and jumping out to scare other employees. That's dope. First off, any job with a conveyor belt is pretty awesome. You feel like you're working in the Jetsons, but that's just hilarious. Right? I mean, it's super dangerous because that conveyor belt isn't going anywhere good. It's not Santa's workshop conveyor belt. You're at a recycling plant. Every conveyor belt ends with a garbage disposal. Yes, it's totally unsafe, and a man did die at this work site. But you can't get me wrong. I bet you anything the judge was a little bummed. After the trial, the judge was walking back to his chambers and the bailiff's like, what's up, Justice Garnum? And he goes, is there anywhere that you think I could pop out of? Is there anywhere in this courthouse you think I can hide? Can I hide underneath the defendant's table where they sit at and grab their ankles? And the bailiff's like, yeah, technically you can do that. Can I hop out from behind the stenographer and like pull her into the darkness? Bailiff's like, yeah, but you know, those are all crimes. Like you can't, I know. I just saw those guys having so much fun. Do you think we can build a chute that leads down into the jail beneath beneath the courthouse? Bailiff's like, hmm, might be able to do that. You're just jealous. But you had this quote where he's talking about all this fun stuff they're doing. And then this is how he ends this statement. I described the conditions with missing or malfunctioning guarding as reminiscent of Victorian factories. But that would be unfair on Victorian factory owners. They would be appalled by the conditions at H&A Recycling. So yes, yes. <laughs> when people were breathing in pure coal for their air back in the turn of the century England, you had kids losing their hands to the gears. I once saw a documentary about Victorian sweatshops called The Mangler, starring uh, Robert England. It's hor it was horrible back then. It was horrible. It was eating, it was eating women through trying to do the laundry. H&A got fined a quarter of a million dollars for this. And I'm sure they had to do, I hope they had to do a bunch of like fixing stuff up because it's just safety violation. I imagine after everything was done and the safety inspectors came in and they're like, um, we're just going to put a big X over everything. Eventually, though, they got everything set up, and then the employees came back, and they're like, this place just isn't the same. We used to be able to throw garbage at each other. We used to be able to push each other into piles of rubbish. Things just aren't the same anymore. <laughs> sure, they're a lot safer. And the new employees have all of their limbs, but I don't know. I'm thinking about quitting. So that's the story of H&A recycling it sounds like a fun place to work if you take out you know the guy dying other than that this place could have been a willy wonka of trash people were going to live out their fantasies <laughs> live other fantasies to roll around make dirty diaper snow angels laying on the ground they're like i'm king of the world they said as they were finishing off that soda you threw away two weeks ago sounds 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 like a dream 
The judge is looking in the window. He's all sad. He's like, someday, mama, someday I'll follow my dreams. But, but now I got to go throw some people in jail. Bryce, let's go ahead and call in that carpenter copter. We are leaving behind H&A Recycling, and we are headed out to Oswego County in New York. <laughs> Helicopters flying over the Atlantic Ocean. We got a bunch of, we stole a bunch of cool garbage. I keep showing, look at what I found. Look at this. It's a knife. You're like, gross, dude. There's still blood on it. It's like, yeah, the guy at the recycling plant stabbed another worker there. Don't worry. It's their blood. It's not like old hobo blood. You're like, oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> Bryce is going to land us at the Happy Valley Wildlife Management Area. It's beautiful. It's fall right now. Leaves are falling off of the trees. Ducks. I'm assuming, I'm assuming ducks are there. There's a little lakes. There's fish doing a little macarena underneath the water. We're all wearing our forest ranger outfits. We're walking around all official. And uh, let me ask you this. I'm reading on this. I'm doing, <laughs> if you can respond right now. I was gathering facts about this place. It's hunting, fishing. It's a wildlife park. It says that it has snow depths of 125 inches annually. Does that mean... That can't be right, right? You can't have 125 inches of snow at one time. But it wouldn't make sense because that's like super deep. That's like 10 feet deep. Like, how are you going to hunt? How are you going to fish in 10 feet of snow? Like even Antarctica, it has a lot of snow, but it's a lot of ice too, right? I guess the one place where it's never snown on Earth is actually in Antarctica. There's like a place called the Dry Plains where there's never been any snow. But if it snows, I mean, I guess the alternative is don't go there when you're snowing. But I was looking up, like, the worst snowfall ever. And they're, like, in Japan, like, 130 inches or 150 inches or whatever it was fell on this town in Japan. And I'm thinking, but every year, 125 inches fall. It can't be all at once. I mean, again, I'm not saying you're standing there and all of a sudden, like, within three seconds, you're like, help, I'm buried. If this was rubbish, I would know how to get my way out of here. But if it was just, if it was 125 inches spread across 365 days, that's not impressive at all. You're like, what? That's like half an inch. Now, I know it only falls during winter. I know they're not like in the summer it's falling. But even if, let's say winter, let's just hypothetically say winter is three months. Did you notice my hesitation? It's three months. Winter's three months and a little bit of fall. Let's say four months of snow. Four months, four into 125 inches is 30 inches, let's say, a month. And even that's just an inch a day. That's super lame, dude. That's nothing. Are they actually saying that over the course of a year, or over the course of a season, basically, that 125 inches come down? Or are they saying that literally, during the year, you can go to Happy Valley and there's 10 feet of snow? Because that sounds completely implausible. That sounds so ridiculous. Anyways, that's actually, that's actually probably less ridiculous than what we're about to talk about, but I can't wrap my head around 10 feet of snow. City boy, city California boy. Anyways, that aside, I can't wait to hear your answers on that because I can't figure it out. Happy Valley used to be a town. I actually found this on the hauntedplaces.org website. I've been going to a lot lately. It used to be a town and it disappeared. There's remnants of it. You can see foundations. There's a chimney. There's like the previous walls of where something would be. People know there was a town there. There's a record of a town being there, but it's not there anymore. It's gone. 
People don't know if it was some disease that had wiped it out. The latest they have is like records up to the 1930s. So it's been gone for almost 100 years at this point. Some people don't know if that disease wiped it out, if it was some sort of economic downturn, Great Depression related, something darker, witchcraft, ghosts, demons, 10 feet of snow, trying not being able to get out of your house because it's bigger than your house. And in hauntedplaces.org, they have people can leave comments about their experiences with this place. And they're like, yeah, I've actually visited it multiple times. Some people are saying they visited it as a kid. Other people said, yeah, when I was a teenager, we'd go there to drink. You'd have adults saying, I still go there to drink. I don't want anyone to know that I drink. So I drive all the way out to the middle of nowhere. Their place is full of stories, ghost stories. Really interesting. And a lot of people go, yeah, I don't know how the town disappeared. But it did used to be here. It's not here anymore. It's now contained in the Happy Valley Wildlife Management Area. This is interesting because there's two levels to this. We have these urban legends about this town that disappeared. The town did exist, but we know why it disappeared. We 100% know why it disappeared. By the time the Great Depression rolled around, even before that, people were having a hard time paying their mortgages. So people, houses were already getting foreclosed on, and because the Great Depression was going on, people weren't buying houses out in the middle of nowhere. So the town just became more and more destitute until eventually the Department of Environmental Conservation, DEC, moved into the area. They're knocking on your door late at night. They're like, you have been ordered to vacate this premises. You're like, what? What are you? Who are you? You look like a forest ranger. They're grabbing you out. Yogi Bear's punching you in the stomach. They're like, it's time to leave, sir. After being manhandled or barehandled, you lost your house. A wildlife management area. Takes over Happy Valley. It's now a place where everyone can go hunting and fishing and get buried under snow. So it's interesting we actually know why this uh, town disappeared, but it doesn't make the stories of the town any less odd. I think what happened was, I think there's a combination of things. I think there's a combination of real events that are going on out there. We're going to go over a couple of those. And then I had the benefit of being able to go on Google and look this up within like 10 minutes. But if you had lived in the area and you'd been walking around and you'd heard the story, you could tell that a town used to exist there. An old town used to exist there. For the longest time, two of the buildings remained. One of them's still there, but one of them is no longer there. We'll get to that in a second. I was easily able to verify why this town got shut down. There's a cemetery. That's one of the, I said buildings, but I mean basically location. The cemetery is still intact. The cemetery was built in 1866. Up until fairly recently, I wasn't able to find an exact year for this, but up until fairly recently, the schoolhouse was still there that had been built since 1867. It looks like around the 1990s or later it burned down because we have a lot of stories of the schoolhouse. Now, are they true? I don't know. But we have a lot of stories in the comment section of this hauntedplaces.org where people are like, me and my buddies went up to drink and we got dared to go knock on the door of the schoolhouse and one of us was dumb enough to do it. The door opened up and there was a table. That's not the spooky part. You're allowed to have a table in a school. There was a table there, and sitting around it was a bunch of people wearing all black. Oh, and the guy who opened the door was also wearing all black. It wasn't a ghost. The ghost didn't open the door, and they ran away. You'd have reports of people dressed in all white running around the darkness as well. It's kind of spy for spy. <laughs> Mad, Mad Magazine is real out there. Well, apparently, so is Yogi Bear. You have this story. I thought this one was interesting. In 2004, there was a dude and three of his friends camping out there. And the guy sitting there, all of a sudden, he hears way off in the distance, Ow! 
He's like, Mark, Mark, Mark Simpson, is that you? He hears the sound of a man screaming in the distance, and he's just like, uh, I don't know if anyone else hears that, but I'm kind of creeped out. But it's me and my buddy and two girls, so I can't really like be a chicken about this. I just kind of got a man up. So he's like poking the fire. <laughs> the, the wet stain on his pants is getting bigger and bigger. He's like, oh, good thing I wore these dark denim jeans. He's poking the fire with the stick. He goes over the course of the hour. He could hear the screaming the whole time, and it sounds like it's getting closer and closer and closer, and eventually his friend goes, do you hear that? And he's like, yeah, I've been hearing that for the past hour, and I didn't want to say anything. Um, can we go? Can we leave now? And everyone got up and left. I'm sure that he's like, hey, man, can I borrow your hat? And he's holding it over his crotch. They're like, dude, that's not how you wear a hat. He's like, oh, that's how the new kids wear the hat. It's all this in a crisscross video. So they, they leave. They leave the scene. There's a lot of reports of that. A lot of reports of like, just weird events in the woods. One guy said he was even told by a DEC employee that everyone should have a gun on them. <laughs> he's a member. He's like a hardcore member of the NRA. They weren't even at the campsite. He was at like a Starbucks. He turns around and is like, do you own a gun? You should. The DEC guy told this hiker, he goes, you should carry a gun with you because there's a lot of weirdos living around here. Like, I don't even feel comfortable. They're not living. They're squatters. It's not like you go to their address and arrest them. It's funny because the reports coming out of this area aren't so much ghostly. Although there are a few of those sprinkled in. It's human encounters. It's encounters with scary people. These legends grow. It's totally fine. I mean, it's not. Don't live in these areas. And if you're a weirdo, you know, stop doing that. Stop screaming for an hour. These are pretty typical stories for a remote area. I understand where these are coming from. This story, though, was also in the comments. And again, a lot of this stuff is really hard to verify. But also in the comments was listed this story that the schoolhouse had burned down. We know that's true. We have photographs of the schoolhouse that's burned down. All that's left is the chimney. Is the chimney. The chimney remained. And this one guy tells this story that back in 1867... So back around the time the schoolhouse was built in the first place. Okay, now, now, I'm re- <laughs> now I'm realizing there's something wrong with this story, but I'm going to keep telling it anyways. Back in that misty summer of 1867, six kids went missing. They were all Civil War orphans. So that sucks, right? Wait, how did both of their parents die in the Civil War? Like, were they both fighting? Actually, I guess <laughs> wars don't just kill soldiers. Um, so they're Civil War orphans. There's six of them. They're, they're like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but incredibly depressing. And one day, they all go missing on the same day. And this local farmer tells the authorities, Hey guys, I know what happened. I saw all six of them get swept away into Salmon River. So jumping forward in time now, Like I said, the schoolhouse burns down and all that was left was the chimney. And while the firefighters were going around poking through the remains looking for, I don't know, cause of the fire or something cool to take home, someone decides to look into the chimney and lo and behold, there are human skeletons in there. Six human skeletons to be exact. I don't know if they counted them on the scene or they got a cop there, but there was six human skeletons. The question is, how old are these skeletons? So through the course of this investigation, that may or may not be true, a bunch of fake CSI agents show up. Through the course of this investigation, they find out that the skeletons are, drumroll please, super old. That was the official designation. They were super old. They actually seem to be from around the 1860s. 
And there were six of them, six of these skeletons. So the story is that they didn't actually get swept into the river, that the farmer killed them and then stuffed their bodies into the chimney. And that farmer actually for the longest time was the caretaker of the cemetery. So that's spooky. Like if I was telling you that story, if I was telling you that story and you were 12 years old, it'd probably spook you out. But as I was saying it out loud, I realized there's some stuff wrong with it. And it kind of threw off the ending I had for this episode. One, the schoolhouse was built in 1867. If you stuffed six kids into a chimney the same year that it was built, and the schoolhouse was used until the 1930s, you're telling me they never cleaned the chimney for 60 years? They never weren't like, dude, it's super weird. Every time we light a fire, it smells like roasted kid in here. What? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense. Secondly, if the farmer was the groundskeeper of the cemetery or the caretaker of the cemetery and he had to dispose of six bodies, why would he stick them in a chimney? Why wouldn't he just take them to his work that happens to be burying people? And then you never would have found them. And who cares if he's the caretaker? It's not like he's the caretaker today. Right? When I read it, I was like, oh, he's the caretaker of the cemetery. That's spooky. You might run into him. And then I realized he would have to be 150 years old. So the planned ending I had for this episode was that all that stuff was real. That these kids are really stuffing into this chimney. And I was going to do one of my things where I was like, maybe that the wildlife management. Let, let me salvage it. I'm actually good. Let's pretend, let's pretend that was real. Let's put on our conspiracy caps for a second. Let's say that the stories are true. These six orphans were stuffed into the chimney. Let's say that that schoolhouse became infused with dark energy. The farmer was just some weirdo, sick dude who acted out in this violent way. But the spirits of these children infused this school with negative energy. And it radiated out into the town around it. This town never cared about those orphans. So a string of bad luck began to happen. Even before the entire nation felt the oppression of the Great Depression, people were already losing their livelihood, losing their homes in this area. Until eventually, it was gobbled up by nature, and only two locations remained. The graveyard and the schoolhouse. But dark energy attracts dark energy. And while the spirits of the schoolhouse may have been able to destroy the town, it attracted people with even darker motives. And these people began to use this schoolhouse for their black mass rituals. Powered by the bodies of six dead children. For years, groups in secret met in Happy Valley. Until one night, something went wrong. One night, the schoolhouse burst into flames. The fire torched the entire schoolhouse. And then two days later, those six skeletons were removed from the chimney and finally found peace. Their last act of violence actually released them. We'll probably never really know how much of the story of Happy Valley is a myth and how much of it is actually true. There's been so much blending of the two. And it's such a innocuous area other than digging through microfiche files would you be able to find any evidence of these skeletons 
So that's the story of Happy Valley in New York. But a cult that operated like that, they wouldn't let it set them back. They crave the power, the rush, too much. So after they're done covering everything up, they'll simply find a new location to practice their magic. But they realize something very quickly, even though this new location is in the middle of nowhere and it's already charged with a bit of that dark energy. Now, the schoolhouse was just what they were looking for. And what the schoolhouse had were those six bodies in it to charge that place. So while they are setting up their new church, they send a few of their members out to surrounding communities. If they really want the power they once had, first, they're going to need to find six children no one will be looking for. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.